Hello, and welcome to the Bleeding Grave Podcast. Christmas to everybody who's listening to the Bleeding Grave because this is coming out on Christmas. <laughs> and don't freak out. That was just Hannah's boyfriend Christian. Hello. I know. Your okay. your lovely hosts Asa and Hannah are still here. You finally get to hear Christian. You get yeah. you guys get to meet Christian. <laughs> <laughs> say hello Christian to all the peoples. Hello to all the peoples. <laughs> and peoples say hello to Christian. <laughs> All right, I didn't actually prepare anything for the beginning of the episode, like I had said last night that I would. Um, all I have is a bottle of schnapps that I just picked up because it goes along with our story, and I'm making Austin drink some with me. I mean, I like peach schnapps. A fuzzy navel? Whew, fuck me up. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm drinking... Peach schnapps is the best schnapps. Peach schnapps is the best schnapps. Uh, we'll see how it goes with my convicted melon by liquid death. See, I almost got the, the, the watermelon pucker schnapps, but I was trying Ooh, to stay at least a so little... Good on brand with with the story i wanted i almost did peppermint schnapps did because do, christmas but did you do james and the giant peach i did not no <laughs> no and you're you'll find out it's gonna be a minute I but you'll wait. find out i can't wait so we got our schnapps we got our christian who is not a christian who is, and the, I have my who is not a christian <laughs> that yep that <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure. I'm pretty sure everybody stopped listening by now because it's just kind of nonsense so far. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's definitely fine. It'll be fine. We're good. I mean, right now a computer's listening, but... All right. Well, Austin, do you have anything to start us off with? I am looking real quick here. I thought I had... Nope, don't. Okay. Oh, 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 So, okay. So the reason why the mini O's... I have been putting notes into my phone and I keep forgetting to read them. Oh no, these aren't your like sober high thoughts, are they? No, this is a dark thought. Oh god, okay. It's factual. If you remove all the arteries and veins and capillaries from a person's body and tie them end to end, <gasps> the person will die. <laughs> I hate arteries and veins and nerves and all of that. Yeah, you don't like getting blood drawn, do you? No, I don't. Um... That's mostly because of how it makes me feel. However, I schedule mm. people regularly for EMGs, which mm. are nerve tests yep. that involve a lot of needles. <laughs> and they'll be like, what is an EMG? <laughs> like, listen, I, I'm i going to give you a pamphlet. <laughs> because do you have a fear of needles? If I have to try... I do. Yeah. You know, and, some, and we have to ask them, have you had an EMG in the last 10 years? And most of them will be like, um, I don't know, what is it? And I have to be like, if you would know, you would know if you did. You would know. <laughs> See, but now, now it surprises me about Christian that he has a fear of needles. Don't tell him story. why. A very long story. Don't tell him why, because <laughs> I have to listen to this again, and I've already heard this story multiple times, and it makes me want to scream. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the most perfect couple in America. <laughs> Just in America. That's, I don't know. I'm over here. I like needles. I like getting poked all day long. It is, I mean, it is got, fun for me. I've got I, plenty tattoos, of tattoos. I don't mind oh, tattoos yeah. because but that one doesn't go all the way through the skin. But. Standard needles? Uh-uh. No. But I, I like to play the game with the nurses. Is like, do you want the hard veins or the easy veins? Because <laughs> no. one arm 
They can't get it. I ever. Go, I go in there and I'm like, listen, this part of the arm is your best chance. This type of needle is your best chance. I need to lay down and we're going to do this as fast as we can. <laughs> like... And if you could distract, uh, if you could distract me with a donut. That'd be great, too. One time, my primary care physician held my hand while I got my blood drawn by one of her phlebotomists. Oh, you don't like the blood going into the tube? No, I don't like like the needle going into the skin. Uh, If I don't look at it, I'm fine. Austin, did I ever tell you about the time that I had an IV and the IV drip ran out and it took so long for the nurse to come that I started bleeding back into the tube? Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard the story. Yeah. Was yeah. that that was uh, after your seizure, wasn't it? Yeah, that was after a seizure. Yep. So I already didn't feel great, and it had taken her a while to find the right vein to get the blood out, mm. which was also a kicker. And I wasn't even dehydrated. Would it be not appropriate to say I remember my first day when they can't get the vein the first time? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I've got too many stories that I could go off of that, but I need to not. <laughs> Well, I hope we uh, freak some people out here on uh, Christmas Day with bloody uh, Christmas. With bloody apparently. Christmas, and I mean, mm, my story's going to be a bloody Christmas. Uh, mine has the potential to be. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Merry you... bloody Xmas to all, and to all a good fright. All right. Do you have a coin? Uh, the coin is sitting right there. Uh, Christian can flip the coin. <gasps> yes, Christian. Yes, flip the coin. It's uh, on. Um, so look by the computer on the thingy. To the left of it, yeah. Catch. There you go. Heads. Woo! Two All for right. two. So today I'll be talking about Killer Santa, a.k.a. Bruce Pardo. Oh my god, of course. <laughs> of course you found a Killer Santa for our, for yes, our Christmas episode. Oh my god, there was... Okay, before I start, there was too many stories. I couldn't choose. Jesus. I had to just pick one. So the next... The next few stories might be Christmas related too, or it takes d- place during Christmas. Okay. Um, but this is the most Christmassy of them all. Okay. <laughs> if that's a, it Wait, may you're or may. Just gonna stick with the Christmas theme after Christmas. I mean, it happens around Christmas, but there's not all talk of Christmas like oh, there is okay. in this okay. one. Okay. So. All right. Go ahead. Yes. So Bruce Pardo grew up in San Fran. Uh, San. Eight that I can never say. San- Fernando. San Fernando. Is it Fernando? Yeah, Not Fernando. Fernando. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you get a di in there, but it doesn't exist. <laughs> San Fernando Valley. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so Bruce Pardo grew up in San Fernando Valley in LA. Uh, he graduated from John H. Polytechnic High School and went on to study computer science at California State Northridge. Once Bruce graduated, he was able to get a job as a software engineer for a jet propulsion laboratory. And Bruce wasn't a model employee. No shocker there. I don't think I've ever known a Bruce to ever be a model employee. You know, same. And <laughs> I'm I haven't be worked honest. with I haven't worked with too many Bruces, but yeah. It's been like one or two, and yeah, it's not never I'm exemplary. S- I'm sorry right. to the Bruces out there. Yeah. I just I've never, yeah, I've never you, had you, an you extraordinary are, Bruce coworker. You you Bruces are probably the exception, but just in our experience, yeah, we've you know, we've met a few lackluster Bruces. You're pretty average, and that's okay. <laughs> it's okay to be average. <laughs> so, 
While at work, Bruce would spend his time doing some very unethical things, like hacking the computer or the company computer system to gain access to classified documents or sensitive documents such as private personnel information, employee compensation, and tax information. Hmm. Bruce also had a horrible attendance. Throw that little cherry on top there. And I bet you he kept his job the whole time. Despite all of this, he was able to maintain his job. (laughs) Was literally my next point. (laughs) And while he worked there, he met a woman named Delia. Delia? Delia. Okay. (laughs) You're really good at putting extra syllables in there. I know. That's that's something I'm working on. I hate it. It's okay. I love it. Delia. Wait. Delia. 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 No. No, no Christian. No. Sorting it Don't mess me up. You're uh, Marty. Marty. Say it one more time, Hannah. Delia. Delia. That's okay. that. I looked it up on Google how to pronounce it. Yeah, Delia. Yeah. All right, we got it. So by the age of twenty-four, he and Delia were engaged. Though Bruce still lived at home with his mother and not in the best financial situation. So Delia would agree to pay for the wedding reception at the country club she wanted and the church she wanted, and to have a honeymoon for Tahiti. She was going to pay for all of that. I mean, good for Delia, but like, Bruce, <laughs> my guy, come on. Like, Again, he lackluster does not, is coming to mind? Right, lackluster. Does not deserve yeah. this This woman. Bruce in particular is below average. Okay. <laughs> so the day finally came on June 17th, 1989. Uh, for Bruce and Delia to be wed. Delia and Bruce's mother, Nancy, were very excited about the day. They were all there with the wedding party and the guests waiting for Bruce to arrive. But Bruce never showed up for this wedding. A few days later, Delia would come to find $30,000 missing from their joint account and found out Bruce had gone to a trip of his own to Palm Springs, Florida. Do you have anything? No, no. No? No. Just... Because you know that didn't come from Bruce. Just unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this, like, this guy? This, this guy. Just a, a scab upon a relationship. <laughs> yeah. So, Delia called off the engagement and wanted things to go back to normal. She okay. wanted nothing to do with him ever again. <laughs> Good for her. Good for Delia. Girl, get out of there. Don't date Bruce's. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sorry out to the Bruce's out there. Hopefully you're in a happy relationship. So we fast forward to 2001. After some time, Bruce would move back to California, where he would meet a woman named Eleanor. Wait, did he stay in Palm Springs? There, It was kind of... It's a good word. There wasn't a whole lot of information from, okay. the t- from 1989 to 2001. But it sounds like it wasn't just a trip. It sounds like he stayed no, there a while. No. From yeah, from what I gathered, he bounced around a little bit, but was in Palm Springs, Florida, for a for a hot minute. Okay. So, and in two thousand and one, after a meeting, they would have a child together, a boy named Matthew. This was probably the most stable relationship Bruce had ever been in, and late two thousand and one, Eleanor went out to run some errands and, to leave Bruce looking after Matthew. While at home, Bruce went to go and turn on some TV while Matthew played. From the time Bruce stopped watching his son and to, to turn around to turn on the TV, Matthew was able to crawl to the backyard and accidentally fall into the pool. Bruce finally noticed Matthew was missing and saw his son floating underwater, not moving. 
Bruce jumped in and pulled out Matthew out of the water, and around this time Eleanor would come home and found Bruce holding their stun nearly hysterical. Matthew would be in the ICU for about a week, and the doctors would inform them their son would never fully recover, as Matthew sustained brain damage due to lack of oxygen and would be a paraplegic the rest of his life. Jesus. So, as things were getting too difficult for Bruce, he packed up all his things and left, never to see Eleanor or his son Matthew ever again. Despite this, Bruce's mom Nancy took great interest and support of Eleanor and Matthew. Okay. So, he's got a good mom. Yeah, but we're returning theme of scab upon a relationship. It's true. Yeah, like, yeah. (laughs) So three years later, Bruce was able to find work again as an engineer. And during this time, he made some friends with some co-workers. And one of those co-workers introduced him to his sister-in-law, Sylvia. She was a mother of three, and she and Bruce hit it off almost immediately. They dated for almost two years before getting married on January 29th, 2006, And after they got married, Bruce purchased a three-bedroom home in Montrose, California. Must have been making some good money as an engineer. I mean, well, yeah, so he's an engineer for one. But I also want to know, what what kind of swagger does Bruce have that he seems to be finding relationships so easily? I don't know. With, like, really good women. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the same time, I don't know. You can see this man's face all over, plaster all over the news, and I mean he's an average-looking guy. Like he's like, is it like kind of a Ted Bundy deal? Like, I mean, maybe he just has some natural charm to him. Yeah, potentially. Some, like, yeah. just the way he carries himself, and it could. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I want to. I want to know, like, how much riz does Bruce have? <laughs> <laughs> I am still getting used to that word, and I don't know if I like it. See, that's like how it. I felt too, but at the same, it's so stupid that I love it. <laughs> because... The only time it becomes funny for me is when they say tism rhythm. <laughs> oh my god. You got the tism riz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's a lot of that in this room right now, so. <laughs> it's thick. You can cut it with a it's knife. It's thick in the tism riz right now. <laughs> Put that on a hoodie. <laughs> There's a song called Tism Riz, and it's really good, too. You're fucking with me. No. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I gotta look this up after the podcast. (laughs) Wow. All right. So, uh, this this seemingly fulfilled life would come to an end as the relationship came under serious financial stress. Uh, Bruce's mother, Nancy was quite fond of Sylvia, and during one of the talks the two had regularly during this stressful time, uh, Sylvia was having trouble with one of her sons, and Nancy would go on to tell Sylvia about Bruce and his troubles from his past to maybe help Sylvia out in her situation. Nancy even told Sylvia about Eleanor and Matthew. Spoiler alert, Nancy didn't know anything about Eleanor and Matthew. Shocker. Oh, God. This angered Sylvia with Bruce's dishonesty and lack of respect, uh, and Sylvia also discovered that Bruce had been claiming his son Matthew as a dependent on his taxes all these years. Here's the thing, it's not even about what happened. It's it's the principle of the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. You weren't honest about it, you couldn't just tell her about it, and now you're also claiming your dead son on your taxes? He's not dead. He's not dead, he's oh, just he's not very dead. disabled. He's a paraplegic. Oh, sorry, I thought... I. Traumatic brain injury from... Okay, well, either way. They're like... 
when that money should be rightfully going to uh, Absolutely. Eleanor. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, because she's the one with the custody. Mm-hmm. She's the one who's taking care of him. This is very Bruce's problematic. mother has more claim to that money than Bruce does, if he's supporting her. That's for damn sure. Yeah. She's supporting her. Yeah, that's true. We like Bruce's mom, I yeah. think. Bruce's mom is good. Bruce's mom. Nancy's like, great. We love We Nancy. love Nancy. <laughs> we love Nancy. Hashtag, we love Nancy. <laughs> so, Sylvia did the only, th- uh, only thinkable thing to do is divorce... Bruce as of April 2008, and this would send Bruce into a spiraling depression. Oh, now he goes into a spiral. Yep. Oh, man. Wow. He wasn't the one to leave the relationships, so now he's going to go into depression? Exactly. It must be real tough, man. Real tough. And two months later, Bruce would make the decision to purchase his first gun, and it was a 9mm handgun. That... Bruce, put that down. Put that back where you found it. <laughs> put that thing back where you found it, or so help me. <laughs> Shout out to anyone who gets that reference. (laughs) The same month, on the 18th, Bruce and Sylvia would be in divorce court. Bruce was very upset during this time, as he and his mother would barely speak. Nancy would even choose to sit on Sylvia's side of the courtroom and would show little to no support for her own son. Yeah, we stan Nancy. We love her. Hashtag we love Nancy. We love Nancy. (laughs) Ditto. After all the proceedings, Judge... Uh, ordered Bruce to pay $1,785 per month in spousal support. And Bruce would write his first check, and it would bounce. He would go on to write another check, but he put a stop payment on that, and would make no other attempts to make payments. Bruce, very lackluster. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm not impressed. So after all this happened, too, in July, Bruce would be fired from his job. For clocking fraudulent hours. That's where he was making his money. Oh, so it wasn't the unreliability. It was the the stealing time. (laughs) So after being fired, Bruce would try for unemployment. But, for those of you who don't know, if you get fired from a job, you can't claim unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. Sylvia and the court were after Bruce to make the payments, since he has made no... Any attempts have failed. Yeah, no attempts. Continued attempts. Um... Bruce would try and dispute having to make these payments to Sylvia. Here are some of the reasons. She lived with her parents and did not pay them rent. She would buy luxurious vehicles. She would take multiple trips to Las Vegas, go out for expensive meals, and even get massage massages regularly. I'm willing to bet one of those was true, and it was the one that didn't matter. That or she's got a really good job. That or she's got a really good job, but again... Devil's, devil's advocate here. Okay, yeah, yeah, devil's advocate, but regardless, it doesn't sound like he's signed over his parental rights. If he wants to hold on to those for whatever fucking reason, then he needs to pay. I don't even know if he adopted her three kids. He might not have any I'm uh, getting parental all the custody. Women, I'm getting all the women mixed up, but yeah. Yeah, he's got one son with Eleanor Matthew, the disabled one. Okay, well... Sylvia well, has three children. paying her spousal support, it's usually at that point because he was making more money her, than her at the end of the marriage. For mm-hmm. clocking fraudulent hours. For yeah. clocking fraudulent <laughs> so hours. Let's so not forget really, that. Yeah. He really, he dug his own grave he here. He really did. <laughs> so, with all that, we fast forward to August 8th. Bruce would purchase another 9mm handgun. And on September 8th, a month later, would buy a third 9mm handgun. What do you need three for? Bruce? Well, Bruce will tell you in a little bit. And around this time, Bruce thought, I need a costume. And he would go to get a custom Santa costume made for him. As he knew the owner 
of Jerry's costumes. Jerry. Uh, okay, Bruce and Jerry walk into a bar. <laughs> so he can af- he can afford custom Santa suits, but he can't pay his spousal support. No, no, no. He can, have... he can buy three handguns. So he can have he can have three identical handguns and a custom Santa suit. Well, maybe but not identical, but chambered identically. Okay, well, you know what I mean. Essentially the same kind of gun. Yes. And a custom Santa suit, which aren't cheap. No. And I mean this but, was this was like fitted to him like a like a tailored suit is how he went with this custom Santa costume. But God forbid he pays spousal support. I mean he did put a two hundred dollar deposit on the costume and agree to pay the rest in November. And a month before that, on October eleventh, he would purchase his fourth nine millimeter handgun. But no spousal he, support. Okay, but, but no did he get support. like custom pockets made for his <laughs> for his Santa suit for all of his nine I mean, millimeter handguns. Yeah, he must have. Just get like all stacked on each. Just side. Telling Jerry, nah, so it's presents Just, for the kids. Santa's like, fucking strapped. Like <laughs> Santa's packing, not just Santa presents. Santa is packing. <laughs> so November comes, and Bruce, and like Bruce promised, he pay. He came back in return to pay for the rest of the Santa suit, even leaving a twenty dollar tip. Ooh. Mr. Big spender, big roller. yeah, <laughs> high roller, big spender. <laughs> and on the thirteenth of November, Bruce would purchase his fifth and final nine millimeter handgun. Bruce also acquired a compressor, a fifty foot hose, and a tank of high octane fuel. Christian, I know what you think. I know you know what I'm talking about. Don't spoil it. Okay. On December eighteenth, a week before Christmas, the divorce of Bruce and Sylvia was final. Bruce agreed. To Sylvia, she could keep her engagement ring, and to pay her ten thousand dollars. Can't make spousal support, but he can agree to pay her ten grand. Cool. Well, the yeah. ring was probably then. It probably would have been considered as part of the spousal support because she could pawn it. Oh, potentially. But now, mm-hmm. now it's considered a gift, and it falls under that category, so it cannot know. be claimed during the divorce process. Yeah, it probably it all depends on the state and everything too. What That's the true. engagement ring actually falls under and what it's considered. Right. All right. Well, the very next day, Bruce would book a round trip flight to Iowa to visit an old high school friend. Then go on to rent a Dodge Caliber and a Toyota Rav Four from two different rental companies. Bruce would use the Dodge Caliber to get around, and then parked the Rav Four a few blocks away from Sylvia's divorce attorney's house. Police was suspect, uh, Police suspected Bruce. He was stalking them to target them for potentially dangerous reasons. But, oh, no. <laughs> what? Right? But nothing came of this. The attorney was fine. Okay, well, good, but what the fuck was Bruce up to? We're about to get into it. Okay. Buckle up, buttercup. On Christmas Eve 2008 at 11.30 p.m., Bruce would drive to his former in-law's house, dressed as Santa, as this is where Sylvia's family would go for Christmas Eve, usually. As Bruce came up to the door, Sylvia's eight-year-old niece would see Santa walking up the driveway with a wrapped gift and got very excited and went and ran, went and ran to open the front door. I'm not excited. I'm not <laughs> excited right now at all. <laughs> this sounds terrible. Can I guess what was in the wrapped gift? Hold on. <laughs> Because I think I know. (laughs) Was it perhaps, perchance, a handgun (laughs) of the nine millimeter variety? (laughs) 
Because Santa's packing. <laughs> because Santa's fucking strapped. He's got spares to give out to kids. <laughs> it's good that you need this laugh right now because you're not going to like the next sentence. I know, that's why I'm making jokes. I'm so uncomfortable. As the door opened, Bruce did not hesitate and shot the little girl in the face. Oh my god. Then opened fired on everyone in sight. And when he felt like he was done shooting, Bruce would unwrap the gift that he had in his hand and pulled out a homemade flamethrower. While Bruce was using the flamethrower, it would trigger an explosion, spreading gasoline all over Bruce and everybody in the house. Bruce was able to flee the scene and drive to his brother's house. Was he on fire? (laughs) I would imagine he stopped, dropped, and rolled his ass. Like, flaming Santa, but not the good kind. Like, what? Like a flaming (laughs) Santa. (laughs) Like, of the gay variety. (laughs) Wow, that went right over Christian's head. Yeah, it did. I was like, in what world is a burning Santa a good thing? Except for this one. (laughs) Well, true. This is the only burning Santa I'm okay with. (laughs) I I wish he would have not stopped, dropped, and rolled. Right. Well, I don't think he did. Here's why. Once he got to his brother's house, he got out of the car, peeled the Santa suit from his body, as he had third-degree burns, Ugh. and the suit melted to his skin. It was probably a polyester. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was made out of cheap material. Yeah. I guarantee it. Then he would lay the Santa suit over a booby trap within the vehicle. This trap was a contraption that would fire 200 rounds of ammunition in multiple directions if the suit was pulled away. Is that was is that where the other four handguns were? Like... <laughs> No, this is like literally like a contraption where, I don't know how to explain it, really. It's like a disc and there's just a bunch of ammunition and he has it like rigged up. I suppose he's an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. I mean, if, even if he is not doing his job, no. he still learned All it. the handguns were with him. He's still yeah. kind of fucking smart, <laughs> like, in the kind wrong way. Can't hold down a relationship to save his life. No, but hey. but hey, he can build a fucking booby trap that will fire how many rounds? 200. <laughs> 200 rounds of ammunition in all directions. It's literally like a like a ta- like a tank mine, a yeah. mine for I'm, a tank. I'm imagining like the top of a Tommy gun. Yeah. And it, it just has holes all around it. Mm-hmm. Okay. it something like that, yeah. Jesus. So, Back at Sylvia's in-laws' house, the house was in a blaze, and it took 80 firefighters and about an hour and a half to extinguish completely. Yeah. During the investigation, the bodies were so badly burned, the victims could only be identified from their medical and dental records. Jesus. A total of nine people died, three were injured. The three to survive were Sylvia's eight-year-old niece. Her injuries were severe, but luckily the bullet didn't hit anything major. That was the one that That was... That was the little girl who was shot in the face. Oh, my God. One of her 16-year-old cousins, she was shot in the back with burns, but nothing life-threatening. And a 20-year-old aunt who was upstairs when the gunfire broke out, and she jumped from one of the second-story windows and broke her ankle. Jesus. As for Bruce, at his brother's house at around 3 a.m., his brother would return home to find Bruce sprawled out on the living room couch with two handguns by his side and a gunshot wound to the head, dead. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is how how Bruce Pardon went to being a crazy killer Santa. That's awful. Wow, thanks for that. Merry well, Christmas! Did, like, the third marriage, just the one that, that sent him into a depression. It was the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. Because you know she was probably... I mean, it sounds like all of those women were great, but you know that she was something else. <laughs> like... 
in the best way. But how did he not learn once how to take care of a relationship properly? I don't know. I could talk about that for a long time. Fair. There's a I, lot of men that don't learn how to take care suppose, of a relationship I properly. I only see Just one perspective of it, so... look at my dating history. All right. Well, thanks for that awful story. Here, have some more schnapps. I will have more schnapps. I didn't mention it at the beginning, but the schnapps has to do with my story. Yes, you you, you mentioned oh, it like mention three it? times yeah. in the oh. beginning. Oh, oh, I thought I just told you. No. No. We were definitely recording when you were when you were talking about your schnapps. All right, well, you're drinking more because it has to do with my story. It, oh my god, I am like just uber curious as to why, and I really wanted you to just tell me. All right, all right, all right. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Sparked my curiosity. It needs just to be filled. Bottoms up. Okay, bottoms up. So bottoms here's, up. <laughs> here's the thing. Once a year, in a lot of cities across Europe. There's a night where many devilish creatures run through the streets and chase and scare anyone they decide is their victim. Sounds like a good night. These creatures have horns on their head and the face of a devil with a long snake-like tongue. Their bodies are covered in fur and they stand on one human foot and one cloven hoof. I know it. Yes! December 5th Mm. is the night that Krampus comes to town to visit the misbehaved children of the Alps in Europe. Is it Krampus or Krampus? I don't know. It's I'm probably. Pretty sure it's I think, Krampus. I'm pretty sure it's Krampus. So. Could be both. There's could a lot be of variations. both. Yeah. However, however you feel, child. It's probably gonna. It's probably gonna vary because there's lots of words that have the name Krampus in it. Oh, okay. So, we'll see. But okay. Uh, yeah. So Krampus. Now, okay. I I'm doing it a, a few weeks late. I get that, but it's Yuletide season, so here we are. Talking about Krampus. I don't think of a better... It, what better day? I mean, aside from December 5th. <laughs> yeah. It's 20 days later. It's fine. I know. I know. All right. So today, celebrations around Krampus usually include a a Krampus loft, which means Krampus run. Oh. And plenty of alcohol is drank by those dressed as Krampus. I bet they do. Mm-hmm. So since pagan times, as the winter solstice approaches... Krampus has instilled fear in children and scared them straight, basically. <laughs> the name Krampus comes from the German from the German word Krampen, which means claw. And Krampus was believed by pagans to be the son of the Norse god Hel, who rules the underworld. So, on the night of December 5th, Krampus visits children who have been bad and punishes them. As he should. So those who have just misbehave a little get beaten with birch sticks. <laughs> <laughs> While those that were particularly bad were hauled off in the basket that Krampus carries on his back. Fuck them kids. <laughs> and then those who were taken may have also been eaten by Krampus. It was generally believed that they were eaten. Yeah. It, it varies. That was what scared the children. It varies. Not the kidnapping. It yeah. varies from place to place and from like time period to time period, but yeah. <laughs> of course. I always consider the Krampus like the Ameri- or the Europe version of uh, Slendy Boy. I, mm, in, in a way, I guess. Because I mean, if I mean, the, 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 like the lore behind it is, if you misbehave, Slender Man will come and get you. If you're in the woods, too. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah. I thought he just preyed on whoever. I mean, if you're in the woods, he does prey on whoever. But there is like, I don't know if it's like canon for him. Hmm. But you, I've, I've heard multiple stories where they say well, that he will like take bad children too. Okay. Well, at some point, I'll cover Slender Man. But you better. So, while Krampus has German origins, 
Other countries such as Austria, Slovenia, Czech Republic, and Hungary still celebrate Krampusnacht. So, the Christianization that swept across Europe, uh, there was an attempt with it at removing Krampus from traditions due to his devil-like appearance and antics. Come on, he's cute. (laughs) But those who celebrated with Krampus held on to the tradition tightly, and eventually Christians paired him up with St. Nicholas, making them a balanced duo of the Yuletide season. So, I saw uh, quite a few things that called him, like, the yin and yang of Yuletime. And Yuletide. (laughs) I want to follow this religion. (laughs) One thing that I found interesting was that there are actually other companions of St. Nick who also instill fear in misbehaved children. One that you may may have heard of before is Belsnickel. Oh, yeah. So, and I'll probably cover... I know nothing on that one. Him? Her? Basically, all of them punish children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but um, everyone aside from Saint Nick, just punish children, kidnap them, eat them, beat guess, them. Usually, beat them with sticks. Beat them with sticks a lot. I guess lot. Saint Nicholas is looking at him like, well, I could give him gifts. I could beat them, but a lump of coal will do just as well. Apparently, a lump of coal will do just as well. Yeah. So I'll do like Belsnickel sometime, and maybe some of Saint Nick's other counterparts. But right now we're talking about a whole saga. Right now we're talking about Krampus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so as these traditions morphed, the lore was that both Krampus and Saint Nick would visit children overnight on December 5th. Saint Nick would leave treats like oranges, dried fruit, or chocolate in good children's shoes, and coal in the shoes of bad children. Meanwhile, Krampus would use his birch sticks on the bad children and drag the worst of them to hell. Oh my god. <laughs> you know. Like you just, do. Just the usual. It's, it's pretty standard. I mean, it seems reasonable to me. Can we bring it back? Well, we'll get we'll get there. Hold on. <laughs> Later on, Krampus would leave bundles of birch sticks that were painted gold for children, and then those would be hung somewhere in the house as a reminder to the children throughout the coming year to behave themselves, or else. <laughs> gold plated this branch. I beat your ass with. <laughs> Don't do it again. It's a bundle of branches. Oh, a bundle. It is. It is like thirty sticks. All, all wrapped together with, like, some knot at the end. And so the end of it looks like the end of, like, a broom Yeah. sweep with. And he just whacks the shit out of them. You whack the shit out of them. Or he had, like, a straight-up uh, birch rod, like, switch. Yeah. See, I knew he beat children, but not like that. Oh, no, my he's, God. He's it's like that. beating children. Like, it's like that. <laughs> oh. So, eventually, as customs and beliefs changed, Krampus all but disappeared for anyone who wasn't living in a remote village in Central Europe. But in recent years, there's been a kind of huge resurgence of celebrating Krampusnacht amongst the younger generations, mostly, like a lot of people our age. And uh, the celebrations have begun to spread to North America and Australia as well. I wish I would have known. We could have gone to one The closest Krampus run to us is in Ohio. Ohio Ohio is for lovers, so you two go. (laughs) What? So today it's notably celebrated with Krampus runs. Uh, The costumes that men wear usually consist of hand-carved wooden face masks and large suits of fur, chains, and sometimes a weapon or two. Uh, I read somewhere that, depending on the costume, they can weigh, like, up to 200 pounds. Like, the whole costume. And the mask alone can be, like, 20 pounds. Oh, if it's carved out of wood, I believe that. Yeah, and this is like a... This is like a... A true, like, folk art. And... Like, there, there's a whole thing, and people take a lot of pride in these costumes. Um, they cost a lot of money, too. They can cost, like, thousands of dollars to create or buy. Are these made out of birch, too? I don't 
I'd, I'd hope so. Keep I the continuity. I think to look that up, but it is it re- it truly is an art. It's really fascinating, and people go all out for this. I did notice that, like in recent years, there's been a lot of like very commercialized Krampus costumes. Oh. But um, as far as like the Krampus runs go, especially in Europe, most people make their costumes or they pay a lot of money for somebody to make their costume. And they're they're trying to make it like as close to Krampus as they can. They'll, Typically because like Krampus like believes like seven to nine feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Oh and yeah. Massive. Like just a massive creature. Just yeah, huge. Just it's insane. Foot. And really these things are like a quite a sight to behold. Yeah. Like even just pictures of it are insane and really interesting. And if you have not watched a video of a Krampus run, it is it is fantastic. It's loud, it's it's like Towing the line of a riot. <laughs> yeah. Little, I've seen ones where they're like carrying like uh, flaming balls on chains. So yeah, there'll there'll be like fire dancers and stuff. There's like different things depending on where you're at. But um, I mean, sometimes there's like acrobatics. There's aerobatics. There's what's the difference between arrow and acro? Acro is gonna be on the ground. Arrow is gonna be in the air. I guess arrow, aeroplane. Yeah. Aeronomics. Um, English. English. Words. <laughs> but, I mean, people who are dressed as Krampus, they chase people all around town. Good. And That sounds like a fun and time. They, and they do hit them with sticks. <gasps> yeah. Even better. Like, it's they go all out. It's a whole thing. Especially, like, at night. If people are out late at night, they'll chase them into their house and up to their house. Yeah. I did. Straight up to their door. I, did I know also what I'm doing next read... December. <laughs> You're going to get arrested. <laughs> I hope so. Make a great fucking story. <laughs> I did also read somewhere that at one point this tradition of like dressing up like a, a monster on like around Yuletide uh, also was tied to basically like warding off ghosts <laughs> and stuff and then like there was all sorts of celebrations that kind of morphed into one and then morphed into the the Krampus run. <laughs> I love your hand gestures with morph. I just... Morph. It works. So... Sometimes the runs also include other folk characters from old lore. Uh, sometimes, depending on the area, women will dress as angels, or they'll dress in like really long gothic dresses, which I love. I was gonna say vote for the gothic dress. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, not like an angel. Mm-hmm. So the tradition of Krampus Carton, which are Krampus-themed greeting cards, has also had a resurgence. Carton. And uh, the cards usually depict Krampus chasing or stealing away bad children. I saw a really funny one that was, like, Krampus with his, like, basket on his back. There was a baby in the basket. And these were, like, real-life babies photoshopped onto a drawing, which made it ten times funnier. And he's riding on a very long bundle of birch sticks, and there's just, like, a line of babies on the birch sticks behind (laughs) him. (laughs) I'll have to find it. It was super funny. Yes, please. It was so chaotic. Oh, my God. I'd live for that. That... So unhinged. Yeah, so usually, you know, he's chasing or stealing children or beating them or whatever. <laughs> sometimes... Or whatever. <laughs> it is an all-encompassing thing. You know, what, you know, the thing <clears throat> that Krampus does, what Krampus gets up to. He be doing his thing. Leave him alone. <laughs> but sometimes, if the card also features a woman, the image will usually include some sort of innuendo. If you know what I mean. Pray tell, Hannah. I couldn't find any specific examples. The closest I, I found was a description of some cards from 
oh, I want to say it was either the late 1800s or early 1900s of one where there was actually, like, a woman dressed up as Krampus beating a man. Oh. <laughs> or a very large woman, like, holding a little Krampus in between her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> the article said, like, you know... Go where you want with the, that political <laughs> <laughs> message. <laughs> oh, but I love it. Oh, God. So, in recent history, the Night of Krampus has happened to coincide with days that refugees have been arriving in small alpine towns. So, in an attempt to not scare the people who are looking for a safe place to live, <laughs> while also not putting a stop to their beloved tradition, the children and families who were new to town were invited to come and learn about Krampus and the traditions, the costumes, and the props. Like, learn, like, the ins and outs of the whole thing. I'm so in. And I have to imagine that they were invited to join if they wanted to. Join into the festivities and everything. Like, hey, so you don't think we're weird. <laughs> right, they basically were like, we don't want to force it onto them, but we also... We don't want to get rid of our own traditions Absolutely. because of it. Like, we want, like, obviously their traditions are welcome here, but we're not going to get rid of ours. So let's teach them about it. And it's that easy, people. It's true. It truly is I was going to say, easy. I'm like... It's crazy. Oh, wait, you can do what you want and not hurt other people? I'm telling you, people in the, Wild. Mountains, people in the mountains are built different. They just get it. <laughs> like, oh, I know where I need to move now. You need to become mountain people. So, with that... That's the end of it. It's going to be a short episode. The reason we're drinking schnapps is because it is customary that if you run into Krampus, you offer him schnapps. Oh. And also, sometimes you leave it out overnight, similar to how we leave out milk and cookies for Santa, you leave out schnapps and spirits for Krampus. Yeah, I think drink on. I think Santa also likes whiskey, if I remember correctly. Does he? I th yeah, I think it was some huh. like whiskey. Yeah, some similar to that. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. So uh, maybe carry a little bottle of schnapps with you in December, just you know, just in case. You never know when you're going to run into a, a Krampus. And also make sure to wear your brown pants. <laughs> and also maybe just behave so that he won't beat you. That too. I mean, yeah. it's a simple solution. Right, but, it's, but it makes too much sense. Right. I like the earlier plan we had. <laughs> <laughs> schnapps, brown pants, go for it, kids. <laughs> So that's it. That's Krampus. That's what I got. I could have done more. I just, my brain wasn't working. It's been a busy week. So here we are. But I do have a cemetery fun fact. I should have found a holiday cemetery fun fact. But oh, I, that's fine. I didn't think about it. If we ever do travel to Europe, it would be great to do it 100%. in December. Oh, absolutely. We're absolutely doing that. I want all, all the Krampus. I want to be up in the mountains with... So we'll Something to... that has one hoof and one human foot chasing me, <laughs> specifically. Well, it's also like, it's more than just a Krampus run as well. Well, yeah. It's usually like a, a whole event. There's like a whole festival, and yeah. there's there's things, there's plays, there's there's just all sorts of stuff. And like the small, the small rural, like remote towns up in the Alps are where to go for it. Oh, yeah. Because they're Don't the ones... Don't go where the tourists go. Go where the, the locals go. They're the ones who have been doing it this whole time and probably never stopped. And if they did, it was only for a short amount of time. So... We gotta go. All right. So this one's about funeral possessions, which is really funny because I have a good story Wait, about running into... possessions or processions? Processions. Okay. I did not hear that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, are we processing people at funerals and nobody's told me? I mean, potentially. There's potentially... You never know. Yeah. We get to the... I have a good story about running into a funeral procession one time, and it was not great, and now I'm worried. 
<laughs> uh, it is bad luck to meet a funeral procession head on. And if, if it cannot be avoided, then hold on to a button until the procession passes. No, I don't have an answer for why that works. That's just like all a, it says. A shirt button? I didn't even have a button to hold on to. What was I supposed to do? No, button. I'm saying like, are you supposed like a, yeah. a shirt, shirt button? button. A shirt button. To... Or a button yeah. in your car. Well, this is folklore. Everybody had buttons at a certain point. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I'm not done. A funeral procession should never return from the cemetery the same way that they came to prevent the spirit of the deceased from following them home again. Oh, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does make sense. A little I never bit. thought of it that way. It's usually when it has to do with the deceased that you don't go the same way you came. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the woods and you cross water, you always cross the same way you came. Yes. <laughs> Especially if there's a fallen down tree. Especially if there's a fallen down tree. <laughs> do not anger the forest spirits, please. Leave the sprites and the spirits and the fae alone. Just don't. Walk away from that mushroom circle. Walk away. Do not, do not look at it. Do not think about it. Turn around. Right. Don't even touch them. If you're foraging for mushrooms and you find them in a circle, walk away. You see nothing. You know nothing. All right. Well, I think that that's our very short Christmas episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's your story about the procession? No, I think I told you this. I, yeah, I had like two or three orders of food in the back of my car. One of them was a catering order. And I was going to turn left out of the parking lot and I... I had a split second where I probably could have made it, and I was like, mm, no. And then it ended up being a funeral procession. <laughs> and I had to sit there for a long time with these orders. I think at least one of them was already running late. And I was like, I can't. I can't be mad. I can't be mad. I can't be mad. Somebody's dead. I can't be mad. <laughs> like... <laughs> if you get mad at that, you're, uh... You're, no. Did you have to tell that to any of the customers that you delivered to? No, nobody said anything. Oh. Most of our customers were really good. Nobody said anything, but That's nice. I was just sitting in there and I was like, well, I'm at least going to take my hat off while I wait. <laughs> it just feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> Slowly turns down the music. <laughs> I think I did that too. I can't remember what I was listening to. Probably a true crime podcast. And I think I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> As the body laid there. <laughs> oh my God. Like that time I rolled up to the... Uh, correctional facility listening to a true crime podcast and i thought i was going to a school because there was a school's name on the order (laughs) i was at the right place but nobody thought to tell me that i was going to a freaking prison to deliver food i don't see why it wouldn't i mean bring bring schools schools food to prison whatever no big deal well it turned out there was like a like (laughs) which got me even more they're like oh there's a job fair today and i was like Wait, what? The what does this have to do with the school? They're trying to recruit the high schoolers to go to school and get the knowledge and stuff they need to be correctional officers. I thought they were sending me to go to prison. Oh. I was like, that's pretty easy. I know. <laughs> I'm thinking inmate the whole entire yeah. time. I'm not thinking about the correctional officer. I know, that's what I was thinking too. They're like, it's a job fair. And I was like, what? <laughs> a job fair to go to prison? They're teaching them how to be criminals? Right, right. It's like... And then suddenly just a bunch of, like, 16-year-olds walk up, and I'm like, you just have them loose out here? Like, what is going on? What's happening? Just have them loose. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Well, I think with that, ladies and gentlemen, that has been episode 29. Thanks for for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us, and thanks for hanging out with us in 2023. Um, Our next episode won't be until after the new year. We'll see you next year. Wow, you needed to make sure you got that in there, didn't you? (laughs)
No, just unfortunate. Oh, you know what we forgot to talk about? What? Uh, what we're gonna do with the auditorium this week? Yeah. Uh, we decided that for Christmas, for the holiday season, but since a lot of people are usually missing somebody, uh, if not multiple somebodies, we're gonna talk about how you can communicate with your past loved ones. And we decided that we're gonna make this episode of the auditorium free. We're gonna start a free tier on Patreon. But we're gonna make it free because we don't think that that kind of knowledge belongs behind a paywall. So, in addition to this coming auditorium being free, we're also going to make the first one free on top of it, just so you guys can kind of see what we do with the auditorium and everything. So, if you're missing somebody, dead or alive, this holiday season, I'm very sorry, and I understand what that feels like, and while I can't uh, offer any insight on how, how to communicate with the alive ones, I can offer some insight on how to communicate with the dead ones. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, hop on over to Patreon. It'll be free for everybody. And if you have questions, feel free to ask them, and I will do my best to answer them. Beautifully said. No, oh, thank you. All right. Well, we're going to go. <laughs> well, see you guys on over there. And then we'll see you after the new year. See you after the new year in episode 30. Bye! Bye. Bleeding Grave is hosted by Hannah Slavic and Austin Winger. Music by Hannah Slavic. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to The Bleeding Grave on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. 